As I walked on through Chattel Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she looked and bleak, her straight to me away. Santi, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the polka? The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. COVID-19 shutdown. Will New York City bounce back? In this episode, myself and Johnny talk about the ongoing impacts the COVID-19 shutdowns are having on bars and restaurants in New York City. Indoor dining remains closed and the bars and restaurants that have remained open are utilising outdoor dining to try to turn profit. However, with the fall and winter months soon upon us and no blueprint coming from the mayor's office to reopen for indoor dining, we ask if this will be the death knell for the majority of bars and restaurants in New York City. And with the lease signs gone up on the Long Hall Pub and Grocery on East 34th Street, Johnny, the co-owner, gives us an update on the future of the bar. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. This will help us grow our audience and ensure we can get more podcasts to you more often. So the breaking news, we've got breaking news about the, the Long Hall Bar on East 34th Street, Johnny. The, we don't. What breaking news do we have? The signs have gone up. The building is for lease. Oh. <laughs> well, that's just more of a politics thing in the sense of your, your, which are basically, I'm sure everyone knows which your lease is no different with your apartment and stuff. You have a good guy clause type of thing. So in order to put in your good guy clause, you kind of protect yourself then once you enter your good guy clause you know, three months, four months, whatever the, the, the deal is, you agree. But the reality is with us, with the landlord, we're, we're still negotiating with him. But by us putting in our good guy clause, we kind of covered ourselves as regards paying rent. You know, we're not on the hook for rent as such when the four months or the three months is up. But uh, just a little backstory on it is like Como came out originally and said that uh, all good guy clause are, you know, so they don't stop care. you there straight away. What's, good yeah. guy cla- what's a good guy clause for the layman? So when you're you're basically just to use a bar term, you go into bar, you have a good guy clause, which means you can activate your good guy clause, and you give the, you're given the landlord three months notice, and you want out. Every good guy clause is different. So and then when the three months is out, he then <clears throat> now let's say we're talking without pandemic. If you did that, then you say to him, listen, in three months time, I'm out and giving him my notice. Now, depending on your lease, he could go after you for money. He could go after you for the remainder of the lease. But with your good guy clause, if you owe him any money, he still can, in this case, say nobody's, everyone's rent is due since April. So if you haven't paid your rent, say from April up to now, up to August, and you activate your good guy clause, he's still entitled to the other money. He's still entitled. Again, it's it's what everyone's gone through at the moment. It's like whatever your deal is or however good your landlord is. But overall, the guy in the long haul has been pretty good. We just put that in to protect ourselves a little. But it also gives him the option then to put up the store for rent if he wants. Um, but we're still we're still trying to do a deal with him, and I t- I'm confident enough we will. But like I say, if he thinks that somebody's going to come along now and pay him top market rent at the moment, good luck to him. You know, and Johnny, did he put up that sign like as a as a move against ye to kind of force a deal or? What's no, the... not really. No, to be fair to him, once we said, listen, we're putting in our good guy clause, we, by us putting in our good guy clause, we're basically saying we want out within three months. So he's doing everything. He'd he done everything right. He was right to do what he did. And yeah. you'll see other landlords doing. 
Now, like I say, if someone walked up to him tomorrow and says, listen, I'll buy it, I'll take it, I'll rent it, would he rent it to them? Yeah, well, he'd probably come back to us and say, listen, guys, I have someone offered. What's your plan? What do you want to do? Because we've had a great relationship, but to be fair, he is a fair enough guy. Um, so I, I can't knock him. I can't blame him in that sense. But see, for us on 34th Street, I think we touched on this before, we can't necessarily do a whole lot with outdoor seating or stuff like that. And, you know, it's not, it's not a very appealing street necessarily to sit on. You know, you could go out into the bus lane. Now, the restaurant two doors up from us, they open there and there are four tables out there. We have a much, much smaller storefront. So it really isn't in our interest to do it. I'd like, because some landlords have been pushing fellas to do it, but he hasn't been pushing us to do that. He's just kind of been leaving it up to us. Basically, what we're looking for often, Michael, is just to work with us going forward. Mm. But I said this before and I'll say it again. In their defense as well, they don't know where this is going. They don't know what, what way it's going. When is it going to open up again? When is it not? So, they don't want to show their hand. You don't want to show your hand. So it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a shit show at the moment. But I'm confident enough we will, we'll be, we'll get there in some deal with him in some shape or form. Because like I say, he's, I've basically told, I don't want to go into the personal details of what he's offered us, but I've said it to a lot of my friends that are in the business and every one of them would take his hand off. You know I mean? They're all okay. pretty, you know, that's, so he's not been too bad to be fair. So for us, um, New Yorkers here for, uh, the winter months when hopefully the intercounty scene kicks off at home, we can all get back into mm-hmm. the long haul and watch a few, uh, watch the All Ireland final in December. The All Ireland finals in December, hopefully. But by the sounds of things, you might have to come to New York to see it, or you definitely have to be inside a bar to see it. Because today's news from your lovely Nemo, uh, your Nemo buddy, yeah, Michal, uh, don't get me started on him now this week, but um, <clears throat> just. It doesn't look like they're going to allow them, right? They're not. They're they're, they're saying that it's going to be behind closed doors. Now the GA have asked for obviously they want proof of this. Yeah, which so I I don't know. yeah, it was a, it yeah, was a bit, bit of a bit of a in fairness. Like the GA are kind of saying, well, they're not saying enough is enough. Like, but you know, if you're going to if you're going to do this to us, back it up. So people don't know they ask yeah. for empirical evidence that basically that people going in the two hundred people watching watching a game in a, around a park are going to are going to contribute to spreading coronavirus it's, it's absolutely outrageous now we know what their point is so like we're not two-year-olds their point is all of us getting together before the game all of us getting together after the game we get that we know that's what their point is but where are we going to watch it we're going to get together to watch it we're going to get together in a house party the house parties that they don't want we're going to like like I said before and say it again, just let people be adults. Trust these people. Like rural bar, bar, barmen. Like they've been crying for five, six, seven years or more saying that the rural pub is dying. There's nobody in them. Right. So there's nobody in them for the last 10 years, but now they're closing them on the rural bar owner because he's going to have too many people in there. Like something's not, something's not matching up here. Yeah, and yeah. I even heard Cuomo say it a couple of weeks ago. Or he, he said, I don't know, was the doing the whole quarantining thing a good thing because what was happening was that he was forcing people to stay at home in small spaces mm. and we don't know did that contribute to the virus or not and everyone is like learning and making or there's mistakes been made of course but we don't know but surely people going out to watch a game the even the the, the mental relief of that alone say, like, yeah. you know it's just like crack, crack it up if, like, if there's a game to go to like you know people just want to go out and just interact mm. with people you know so it's but when you look last night in Kerry, they had to cancel an under-14s game because of the basis of what the government said at 6 o'clock. And I was listening to the chairman this morning about it. And, you know, he made, a, as he said himself, 
So if all the parents come and drop all the kids outside the gate in the green, what are the parents going to do then? They're not going home. They're not leaving 14-year-olds to make their own way home. They're standing out in the car park and they're congregating together. Yeah. Whereas if they let them into the stadiums or into these stands, they'll spread out. Like, like what's well, like? I know we were going to uh, we're going to talk to Frank Brady later on in the podcast, but I'm curious to see what's Gaelic Park doing. Are they? I've seen people's um, Instagrams and Snapchats and whatever, and people are inside Gaelic Park watching the games. But like, obviously, people are spreading out. Like, yeah. so give give it give it a little bit of listen. In the defence of the governments and the commas and all these people, they don't know either what's right or wrong here. Like, they're all getting told one thing one day, wouldn't they? If I hear one more person say, what can we do with New Zealand's doing? Jesus Christ, like, it can't, it doesn't work that way. Like, you know what I mean? Well, I, I don't know what your opinion. I can just see people out in Ireland now at a bit of breaking point. I think people are literally now just a little bit like, come on, enough's enough. Like, for under-14s are not allowed to play. The parents are not allowed to drive to school. But Jets are supposed to go back to school in two weeks' time. Yeah. How are they getting to school? How are they getting into a car to go to school? Five people from a family can go to, can you know, can hang out together. They drive to a restaurant together. They go to a game together. I don't know. And if this second wave comes or whatever, I think October and November are going to be very interesting in all parts of the world. Yeah, and like for example, like Sweden didn't do a lockdown. No, they got a spike as well. They got a spike. They didn't do a mandatory lockdown. There was restrictions. They kind of gave people the option, but it went up like everywhere else, and it went down again. And so like. Do, do the lockdowns work and how much damage are we doing to people's lives or you know their mental mm. health of people but like I'm doing stories there every day where I'm r- ringing up businesses another business closed you know it's struggling and around New York here they don't know what's going on we're in phase yeah. four now of the reopening stage and Cuomo originally said that it was phase three where you get indoor dining so these restaurants have kept people on they kept open anticipating that in phase three, they would have been able to let people come back in. I know they're at phase four, and they just don't know where they stand. I talked to a guy yesterday. He owns a, a restaurant there out in Long Island City. He just kept going, and he said, Any, just like this, they'll be told within 24 hours to open up. And he said, just as a business person, trying to navigate that is just, it's just, I mean, some people There's are no just talk. trying to... There's no talk of it either, Michael, isn't there? Like, you don't hear them saying, like in Ireland there, they were leading them up to like 48 hours beforehand. There doesn't seem to be any mention of when indoor dining is happening in New York. Right. And, and I think that the little bit of signal that doesn't look good for us is when they're extending the outdoor seating till like, say, late October, and they're already coming out saying, oh, we're going to be doing it again in 2021. Like, is that their way of forewarning us? We're going to need outdoor dining in 2021. Are we going to be at that? Like, I'm up, I'm up in Rhode Island. And since June, they've been allowing 50% in. Everyone runs it really well. Not every restaurant has outdoor seating. I will say this. The one or two places that don't have outdoor as well as the indoor, they definitely are struggling. Like I know that's stating the obvious, but the ones with the outdoor, they're relevant. Like they're in your mind. Oh, we can go there, we can go there. But there's one or two places then that are renowned, really popular places. And they they've probably four tables outside. They're packed inside. Now I mean I don't mean that they're doing nothing wrong. They're doing everything by the book. There's no sitting at bars. They put the, the the screens up, but without going into all that, how are Rhode Island allowed to do it in New York or not? Like, why is their bars allowed fifty percent inside? What's New Yorkers? What's the difference with New Yorkers and people in Rhode Island? Exactly. And Rhode Island's numbers are lower than nearly any other state in America. You know, 
Are they, and like what people are just doing is they're going away on the weekends. Like like last weekend we went up to Connecticut. It was just we just mm. go we just go somewhere else. Like that's all people are going to do. And slowly the city is just dying. Manhattan is just a ghost town. And as mm. we were sp- speaking earlier before we came on, that like the sales, like the, the price of rent has just plummeted in in oh, Manhattan. And for you on the bar, Johnny, it's like, will the city, like, how long will it take to, for the city to actually recover from this? Even, this is even before we get back on our feet and things start opening up. Like, is, has, this, has Manhattan been damaged so much that it's going to take a couple of years before they get back on their feet? Or will it always rebound? Well, I think when you're talking to the landlords, I've, from day one, I've been using the term a 24, 24 month plan. It's a 24 month plan. Yeah, I'm stretching that out there to try to get him to feel sorry for me for 24 months. As much as I feel sorry for him, like everyone's in the same boat. But where's the tourists going to come from? Major thing for New York. Two million tourists every day was the numbers we used to always hear. That's huge. Hotels. But are we even at a stage, do we even have a COVID problem? Is, is the COVID our biggest problem at the moment? Homelessness. Drug addicts, God love them, all around the city. Hotels filled with homeless people and drug addicts. Like, this is nothing that we don't all see in the Post every day, the New York Post or the Daily News. People openly injecting on the streets and all. Like, the bars, some of the bars that are, not not that they're open, but with the outdoor seating and stuff like that. Like, the, the homeless have walked into some of these places. Like, there's a bar in the West Village that I know. They have seats outside. But the door is open. And there was nobody even outside. The homeless guy walked straight in, like, straight up to a, a rep, like a beer rep and the owner. And he's basically asking them for money. Like, God love the guy. But there's no, that, that would have never happened before. I've, I've 20 years in New York. Like, you count on one hand, I mean, times I've actually seen homeless people walking into a bar, God love them, and asking for anything. It was, you know, they asked to use the toilet at most and stuff like that. And, you know, you've left them to the best of your ability. But to answer your question, I, I, I really, I do think it will. Like, you know, I've been here for a few things. I know this is a whole new thing. Like, I was here for 9 11, and I, everyone said, oh, that's it, and it's done. And I, I wouldn't mind, 9-11 had a mass exit as well. There was a big exit out of New York after 9-11. It really was like, and then 08, obviously. But <clears throat> the, the rents you're saying in, in Manhattan, we're talking about going down. But if you look at Brooklyn and Queens, I think you were mentioned earlier on, they're about they're probably going a little bit the other way. So people are not going that far away. And there's like 10 or 11 million people in Manhattan every day on a normal working year or a normal working day any other year. So they weren't all living in Manhattan. So people are still going to come in. I personally don't buy this whole thing where people are saying, oh, everyone's going to work from home now. And don't buy it. I don't think that's the case. I think people will be a little bit more work from home. I think people might work home on a Friday. They might work other days. Overall, I don't think that will happen. And I think New York will bounce back. But I think the landlords need to get a help from the government and then in turn the landlords help the tenants and stuff like that. So... But we will see a lot of business. And you have seen just some well-known bars have closed, like Jameson, Lads and Jameson have closed. Like I think Foley's there, you know, a few of them around. But again, then people could be similar to us. Like there's a guy sitting somewhere tonight saying, yeah, the long haul is gone. So technically, like the landlord is trying to rent it. So, you know, we all come under that bracket. As I said to you, Michael, I think I said it before. Sorry to keep going on about it here. But I think come January or February is when there's going to be a bigger shock in the bar industry. I think that's when you're going to hear because right now, the PPP loan money that people got, like I think we hit on this a bit earlier, you and I were chatting. Yeah. A lot of people that got that, that loan money was their uh, payroll protection. They got that and they done what they were told with it. 
they were told, take your staff off the welfare, bring them back to work, open to the best of your ability. They'd done that, they brought them back, they're in there, and they're working their ass off, like, and then they're paying, they took their staff, the bar's still haven't opened. And most of that PP money on the first ballot of people that done that, that ended two weeks ago. So they're, they're, they're on their own now. So what are they to do now? So if they were doing to go drinks or if they, you know, especially some places that did it, they had no food. Like they're really under pressure now. And there is talk of a second PPP loan, but all, a lot of other people that got it in the second round, sorry, a lot of them were try, would have activated that now in the last two weeks because they have up to Christmas to use that up. But what if the bars aren't open by then and they, you use up all that PPP money? And the rules of the PPP money keep changing every couple of weeks. Now they're saying with the PPP, and again, this is just, it's not hearsay, but it has to go in front of the House or the Senate. And it's um, that you can use as much of the PPP money as you want for payroll or use it within your, so it's supposed to be 60-40. So 40% went to all the payroll, 60% went to utilities and to rent. Now they're saying use as much as, as you can for them two things. And whatever you've left over, you can take that as a loan and pay it back at 1% over two years. That's what it should have been from the start. That's brilliant. But I'm not knocking them. Again, it's all new to them. So that's good. But that is a good sign. If we can, again, you hear that from one guy, no, that's in now. Then you go and look it up. You'll ask the bank and you go, no, it is proposed, but it's not guaranteed yet. My advice, and I said to you from the start, every bar and anyone that gets a PPP loan, don't focus so much on getting it forgiven. Just get the money and try use it to the best of your ability and then worry about it. This is a survival. I'd rather be in the game in two years' time and then to come back to me and say, well, you didn't do this right and that right. And then you work it out. What's the worst that can happen? You have to pay some of it back as a loan. I'd rather have that than not have a baron sitting at home. But again, that's just a personal thing. Would, would you be able to turn profit, Johnny, if you were able to like work at 50% capacity in the long haul? How would it work? Not a chance. Not a chance. And nobody will. There's not a bar in New York. We're all probably paying over the top in rents. There's not a bar in New York that will survive on 50%. So if you, let's say even if you get your landlord to break your rent down to 50%, your food is still not going to be 50%. Your con Edison is not going to be 50%. Your wages, everything else, 50% won't work in New York. And maybe that's one of the reasons why they haven't. But there's a lot of bars out there that are big and I'll give them a chance. But even up here, the New York system doesn't work the same. And it says, there's bars even open in New York and the way they've been open it, and they're ordering to close at 10 and 11 o'clock and they're holding the threat over you. Like, I know of bars that have friends and family in and all, where the SLA, the people that are coming to check whether you're doing everything by code, they're in the bar, they're, they're walking into the bars at 10 o'clock at night and they're standing in the kitchen to make sure everything's going out right. Now, you have this one guy standing in your kitchen at 10 o'clock in the evening and he holds your livelihood in his hands. You know, mm. 10 o'clock at night, he's pissed off. He's had a row with the missus. You know, you still at work. You know what I mean? And you're standing there and you're sweating buckets. And you ask anyone that's in the restaurant business, the health department notoriously were brutal at the best of times anyway. Now you have a whole governing body here now that are just coming in. And now in this the case of the one story I'm talking about, the lads were on the ball. Like, you know, it was in Haswell's. And the, like the lads had everything on the, on the ball. And they were fine. The SLA were good and they left. But the anxiety for the lads that were working there while them people are there. And here they are literally just trying to make a few quid at this stage to pay staff and hopefully make a profit, which is not happening in August in New York anyway. 
course, the, the dichotomy between the whole thing was a couple of weeks ago when we had streets packed of protests and everything. And you then they're trying to do their, you know, that was okay. But, you know, you, you're trying to shaft a small business down the road who's just trying to pay bills, doing things right. You know, I think that from talking to people on the phone there, of course, they're not even speaking off the record, like, but they're like, geez, they can do this. Other people can't do that. And we're only just trying to, we're, we're trying to help the economy. Like, but it's, it's you know it's, it's so it's, true, it's, but it, yeah, it's, it's it's very similar to Ireland, and it's not to go back to Ireland, but we are Irish and we're in America, whatever. But that was the exact same thing. They had no problem letting people do a protest right down on Collins Street. Yeah. But then you, you have a whole, and the problem in Ireland is you have two different sections. You've sec- and it's similar to here, but there's very few bars here. Nearly everyone, maybe I'm wrong here, but the majority of them do have food. But why are you turning your back on the ones that don't? Like let them police it as well. Yeah. Like give again, it goes back to the whole thing. People get it, and they 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 bought into it. The majority of people have let them make an effort and let them do it. You've all these people, as you say, in the protests and the looting and all this everything. Okay, that wasn't right. We're not saying that they encouraged them to do that, but they didn't do a whole lot about it as regards. Yeah. And now you're telling people you can have like the 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 what for air capacity in the long haul. People will laugh, listen to this when they've seen when they've been in there for all Ireland and stuff. Like, I think we're 89 downstairs and 35 or something upstairs. Like, if they put us at 50%, you're wasting yeah. your time. Yeah. And the problem is now, the longer you've done it in New York and they've let it off and let it off, when they release it and let people start going to them, lads are going to want to meet in groups. Now, of course, don't get me wrong. They're doing what you're doing. But I have friends that have lived in the city and they're every weekend now, couples and that, and they're just like trying to find somewhere to go as you say, Connecticut, New Jersey, or up, you know, this way or whatever. When the bars and restaurants open for them, that's been a long time for them. Like, like as I say, I've been coming up here since around June and I've nearly forgot that it's not because the norm up here is good. Why can't we have what they have in Rhode Island? Mm. Or look at Long Island and right in the Hamptons. Bars, are the restaurants and bars open out in the island? As far as I know, they are. Well, I don't know. I shouldn't say that, but it looks to be. The second they open, what? I'm going in like it's just you know it's people have had enough I'm going in do you know yeah. it's you know you're not even a drinker like you're not a partier but you want to get in to interact with people, people like yeah and to be and to be around them and and then so so let's say they lift it two months two weeks time second week in September let's just say I can say long haul opens please God and everything else how do I stand at the door and tell regulars that are going in to meet other regulars already in there you can't go in there so even if I do do that and then the SLA walk in and you're happen to be walking back from the toilet and you stop and talk to somebody. And what's starting to happen then there'll be a resentment. Because I, I know this from home, my friends are in the bar business at home and they, they've literally fell out with regulars. You know? And it's, it's not them falling out with the regulars, but the frustration on the regular. You know what I mean? Lads, don't do a stop and chat like. You can't do a stop and chat. We built the long haul as a stop and chat type yeah. of bar. It's that type of, as I said before, it's a pub. We have a built as a pub as a local. And if you take that away from it, it just loses the essence of the bar. And that's why we're still closed. But like, as it, like you'd always have the, to, 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 what was the name you gave there of someone earlier, the Ivan Yates person, the window. Oh, a curtain twitcher. Yeah. The curtain twitch. Someone's going to be going on and it's like social media is covering that. Oh, you can't do this, can't do that. Look, all the predictions they got, the, you know, the infection rates, the debt rates, they're all way lower <laughs> than what they, what, what they thought. And like to quarantine a healthy portion of the population it's something that i just don't agree with like if you're someone who's at risk or whatever quarantine but like there's a point like how much damage are we going to do now 
economically, globally, you know, they're going to keep shutting down Ireland, they're going to keep shutting down Manhattan. There's going to be nothing left for a virus that, you know, it's just quarantine those people who are at risk and let everyone make up their own minds. Now, a lot of people will disagree with that, but look, that's... No, but I hear your point, and you are right. Like, like God love, like, if I have cystic fibrosis, God love, and I have friends that have been affected by that, I'm not going out hell, rain, or snow. Like, and that's just sad. Like, and that's not what it is. But, but, but nearly by quarantine, everyone else and other, pe- other people that have other existing conditions and stuff like that, you're, 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 you're pushing yourself towards making it worse. And we're not talking about people getting angry. We're talking about New York City here. Not everybody lives in a big house or a big apartment on their own. They have to share with other people. Mm. So you put two and three people in that apartment or a couple and kids, who's going to work? Who's going to leave that apartment? Who's going to... Not everybody can go down to the basement like Como's brother and let on that he's got quarantine. Like, you know what I mean? It yeah. just doesn't work that way. You can't... I, I'm with you on that one. And I, I, I remember listening to that in the early days at the start. Said, Why quarantine the healthy people? And quarantine the other thing. And I think it's a bit of a cop-out too to be blaming the younger generation now. But you could see that coming. They were always going to blame the younger people. But they, like, if you really want to be the conspiracy or better or even make it, why, the, the biggest mistake they ever made was telling young people they couldn't catch it. They should have lied. They should have said, <laughs> yeah, teenagers and 20-year-olds, they're the most vulnerable. Don't let them get it. You know what I mean? Because I don't blame them. Can you imagine being in your mid-20s now in the summer and you're stuck at home and living with your parents or something like that? You'd be like, you'd rather take the COVID than take listen yeah. to your parents for two months. But even you take pe- your chances. But people like who are who are out of work, like I luckily myself and Laura were working through all, all this. I know you skidaddled up to Rhode Island and you were able to do that. But there's people who do you know, people here and they're living on getting cash in hand here. What have they done for the last couple of months? You know, it's I could only imagine what they're going through. And then to say, do you know, to keep it locked down, how long is it gonna go on for? You know, it's just I would be really if I was out of work, I'd be really pissed right now. Yeah. I wonder then when you look at people then the more vulnerable like you know what I mean people there like we tight on it before about people they're weighing up at the option of moving home like you know when you hear about Ireland they're doing great things and they're doing this listen everywhere that's doing great things give it two or three weeks their government will come out and say we're doing this wrong we're doing that wrong it's just look at it around the world uh, from the start I don't think there's there's never going to be anyone doing the great thing until they come out with something that's going to cure this some vaccine or something like this but they're the people as well you'd feel sorry for, wouldn't you? Like in New York, vulnerable, like people that were like living within their means and doing well for themselves, but like they had their budget, they had their apartment, you know, whatever they had, their little holidays here and that. For all that to end, and they might have invested 10, 15, 20 years into New York, and now they're like going. And whereas before, if they were leaving, they were obviously going somewhere better or there's something better set up. Now the idea of moving home, what's over there, what's here, and that. that Forget about even the people who are 10, 15 years here. They're probably better off. Like even yourselves, you are here, what, like 18 months? You've other people here, you know, it's tough, like. Two years next did month. Did you yeah. ever weigh up? Did you ever weigh it up? Like, did you ever, as you say, you've been both pretty busy. But Going I'm sure on. there was times you were like, oh, will we, won't we, like, you know? No, never for us. No, not at all. No, that's good. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's like, good, but. But it, was, but it was a long process for us to get here. Like, you know, we were talking to Larkin the last time about the visas and, you know, it was a matter of going back to college for me, then doing a year here where I was in and out of work, just hanging on, just hanging on. Laura was in a job that was tough. And then it was, when she went home, she was sent home with the visa. And then when it hit, we were like, you know, this, <laughs> we're after going through all this now. But there was no, like, what was I going to do? Can you imagine if that had been two months before and the visa thing was going on and the pandemic yeah. at the time? 
There's no doubt yeah. about it, you being Cork right now. Like, she would have been caught big time, like, because I think it was February and there's when so she got many that cleared. People, you sorry, you just sorry, there, but you see it with the Lorcan thing and even on the J1 graduate page. You know, there's so many young people that are in that limbo at the moment, in between visas now and all. And yeah. you know, nine out of ten of them are just going to throw the hat at it and just go home, and you can't blame exactly. them. Exactly. And on our, like, on a normal basis, it's the, the visa process is is so hard that you will throw your like I've, we've met so many yeah. before oh, totally. just like fucking not doing this yeah. every three every three years yeah. paperwork totally. and all this and then you know mm. coming through the airports it's you know you don't know what's going to happen and people are just going oh, to stop. You know, it'll I turn know, you off going I know with the COVID off traveling like yeah yeah Johnny De- yeah. I see uh, your brother's bars after opening there Haswell Greens which will be another bar yeah. it's, just, it's all like the interior there It's that's what that place is about and the mean fiddler I see is after opening outdoors so yeah but both doing really well actually both doing really well like cause I'm not to sugarcoat it there but again it kind of shows a credit to a lot of their regulars and a lot of their customers but that then how long does that last for you know how long does that span to have you? and like I was starting to maybe Vince and my brother last night, two nights ago and uh this is genuinely weird like I didn't read it out for you he says I come out of work the other night and he says he could hear a baby crying in the distance like just for anyone who doesn't know this is 52nd between Broadway and 8th Avenue you couldn't normally hear 10 yards in front of you it'd be a car it'd be a beep it'd be this he could hear a baby crying with this woman on 8th Avenue I was actually a homeless person because he ended up walking up that way and there's a homeless person there with a baby but that's how dead the city was now that's, that was 10 o'clock last Saturday night. Uh, couldn't get a yellow cab out of the city. Uh, what normally would be a $15 ride in an Uber was like a $25 ride in an Uber uh, to try to get home, which just because of the surge charge, obviously. And then on the Sunday night, couldn't get an Uber. I couldn't get a yellow cab. Had to get a, um, had to get, just took a train home. But it was that, bu- it's that dead. The city is that dead. But on a business point of view, doing well they, but they put they built I don't know if you've seen what they built outside Haswell's it's class it's really good they built Mickey built them this great uh, just sort of deck like everyone but look at look at the money that a lot of people have done and the effort they've made and it's brilliant and again then you get somebody coming along that's too high that's too far that's too this come on we all know it. There's, there's a money racket element in it like and are they closed at 11 o'clock then as well yeah, I think they're closed by 11 o'clock, yeah. So, mm. like, could they, why did they not choose the option of staying closed, Johnny, like you have, and open at, like, they're only opening out till 11 o'clock. Like, if you're anyone who's in Hazels before, it's the night time, is like, it's that 11 yeah. to 12 time mm. with the music indoors is the real feature about the place. I know there's other aspects of yeah. separation. The bar is beautiful. It's great food in there. But, you know, that's when the party yeah. is getting on there, like, so. Like, like without, without, I, could, I don't know the, the proper answer to it because I don't want to, like, you know, quote, or I don't want to like, you know, say something about other people. Yeah, I yeah. don't know, but I would know Michael very well. And Pat, like I've known the lads since I met her. But the, 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 my honest answer to it would be, and I don't even know if this is their answer. Mentally, for some people, they need to get back out there. Yeah. And when you're as you're as, when you're as driven as successful as Michael and Pat have been, they didn't get there by sitting at home. Like they're just constantly thinking. And there's so many lads have done that. They've just said, "I need to get back out there to do something." And I totally agree with that, and I applaud that. Not everyone's as lazy as me, Michael, you know what I mean? Like going off playing golf. <laughs> but genuinely... You I must be playing off scratch by now, Johnny, are you? Yeah. <laughs> some days. <laughs> but some lads are just... Um, some lads are just... They need to get back out there and do it. And that's what's made them successful with the way they are. And they've also, like... Uh, they've staff that they're really concerned about. They've staff that they're worried about. Like, we're, we're, we're talking about the long haul, like, you know what I mean? 
I could fit the whole long haul staff in this house here. Like these lads have, these lads are up in the hundreds, you know, six places with that amount of staff. And again, if you know, you've met Michael, but if you, if you knew Michael and Pat the way they are, them lads would be more concerned about the staff than they would be about themselves. And I know I can tell by Michael, I can tell by talking to Michael since they've opened, I can tell the difference in him. And it's not about financially that he'd be worried about like whether he's going to do 50 grand, 30 grand, 10 grand. It's something to get into the city for. It's the working mentality in him. But that said, I'm not saying that the lads that haven't opened aren't like that. I have a lot of friends that are equally as driven in the same way. And logistic-wise, it doesn't, they just don't see it as making sense to them. They're in Midtown. There's not much going on. Like, the funny thing is, Michael, you always wanted a bar. You always wanted a bar in a street with loads of hotels. There's, there's streets there now with four hotels in it that have like 70% of people in them are homeless. And they're opening bars with outdoor seating on it. Like, if you just go down to 36th Street there or something, 35th and 36th, between like Broadway and 6th or Broadway and 5th there or something, there's three and four there's three and four hotels there like I don't know Foxy has a rag trader and he's doing really well and he's working his ass off out there but it's hard grind for the lads to be doing this and then now you've this other like logistic to worry about like homeless people coming up and bothering people sitting at the table but someone did an article last week I think it was in the post or something about like try, we need to get people back into the offices in the city to get people then out for lunch and uh, you know what everyone is great worldwide and nobody would dispute this. It's not even an American thing, an Irish thing, a New Zealand thing. Everyone is great now with the service industry people. Like they're over tipping, they're taking care of people and because they miss it and they miss that whole thing. But how do you get people back into the city and out for lunch, sitting outside on a street, eating lunch on a, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon? Are places even open for lunch? Not many of them are, you know? Yeah, the... New York Daily News actually shut down their um I their seen that, yeah, in uh, in Manhattan. Like so, I don't know. You were kind of saying that you don't think that people will stick this at home uh, thing anymore. I don't think companies will. Companies. I should to give that right. more clarity. What I think it was, my sorry. I think that they'll eventually end up doing amazing. They'll end up doing big tax breaks and doing a lot of stuff to get companies back into the city to get mm-hmm. people in. Like you, you and I, like I friends are working in offices. And the four lazy lads that were in the office that were always bludgeoning and are always late. Are you telling me them four lads are at home at the moment and they're being as productive? <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah. Not a chance. But I was like, for the, na- the daily news, for, for myself being in the media industry, and when you're putting out, like, even, even like we just do website only, but when you're putting a paper together, you, need, you kind of need to be in that newsroom. And for them to kind of say, oh, we're going to do it from home. No, I don't know what they're, I presume they're doing something like us now, doing Zoom meetings every day. Like but to make that call that they're not going to be together or they're not going to have a, a media room or a publishing house anymore. Um, it's, you know, that was a big shift by them. But uh, look, we'll see what happen, happens. Like, so people are reassessing well, Jeff, everything. Our friend, uh, Jeff, that we had on in our early days, me and you with Jeffrey O'Connor there with, uh, when we were testing out our equipment. But Jeff is... Um, we won't release that tape. <laughs> no, no. Wait till he gets married. Wait till Jeff gets married and then we'll release it. But like Jeff, who works for Reedy, for Pat Reedy, and he told me now, I haven't spoken to him in the last week or so, but he was the only one going into the office there for a period of time. And he just felt himself at home. He was just nowhere near as productive. Yeah. He said it didn't matter. It didn't matter how many printers are out and have from the office. It just could get it. And then I've spoke to other lads that originally were loving it and just saying now they just, they just need to, they need that start of the day to the shower to run out the door to get yeah. to the train to get in to get productive, you know. And with it's these routine, lads in construction, yeah. 
there were lads in construction. You have other lads in the office. You can pick it. Now there is loads of there's loads of pluses that I'm sure they'll tell me. And this Zoom one is a big thing. When lads have to go to a meeting on a job, that takes half an hour to get to. Yeah. They stand around talking crap for twenty minutes before they actually get to the meeting. Now you get a Zoom and it's done in an hour. You know, but I do think the city will come back. Like we <clears throat> we have our second location is on thirty eighth between fifth and sixth. And then Amazon announced yesterday about their 2,000 people going into that building, which is the old Lord and Taylor building. Again, when will that happen or whatever? But that's positive news for us that that is going to come down the road. So that's but the Westbury, that, that's the Westbury, that. Johnny, yeah. isn't it? So what's, what, what are you going to do with, the, with that oh, bar? So like, if people haven't been listening, West, you were just about to open just yeah. the, day, the day before the, or the day of the shutdown, was it? Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so in fairness to you, like, you just, when that happened and the long haul, you just... Skip yeah. town and went to Rhode Island. You just, in fairness, you just said, "Look, it is what it is. Nothing I can do, really." And just you, you kind of, yeah. took, in fairness, you took it in a very positive light, like it, it was beyond your control. Yeah. No, I know that is hard to do, like, but in fairness, yeah, you just. Oh no, there is no doubt about it. Listen, you're driving along in the car, or you're sitting, you're lying in bed. You can't not but think about it. Yeah. But I, I, am just on my personal, end, I, I, I don't stress, or I certainly don't think about anything behind me. Like I got, we got the bar, we built it. We, we myself, Connor and Connor, Connor Moore's in it with us, and the three of us spent our money and in it and renovating it. I could sit there and cry about that money that I've spent and the money, but there's nothing I can do about it. Like, what is the point in doing that? Now, if I could put a penny into it now while it's sitting there, that I would stress me, but I just refuse to sort of do that. And says, but thankfully, with PPPs and the government that has that, but uh, yeah, it's called the Westbury, but like. Who knows? It could be called the long haul very soon as well. Like so, you just don't know. <laughs> and are you, do you have Who to? Knows? Do you have to pay rent in that, or what's the story now, Johnny? That you didn't um, open it. Or? The, the landlord's been pretty good with us. I think because we were, again, this is probably where a good thing. We'd no scar tissue with them. We were new. We were all pals. Yeah. You know, early stage in a relationship. You know, so it's good. But he's been he's been good. He's been helpful. But again, I say it again. He needs help. Yeah. Government need to help him. When, where, where, what's what's this great combo done to give uh, give to um, you know give sort of commercial landlords? They've done nothing for them. He's not given any. There's no breaks for commercial landlords. There's been no break on the taxes for them. Everyone still got their tax. All these bar owners are out there that are all doing that. Nearly every bar owner out there has been paying his property tax. That's a lot of money building up. Mm-hmm. Like it's so it's pressure. I've seen lads that I've known here for twenty odd years. And their whole livelihoods are gone now. And then other people are saying, that's grand, she'll pick up another bar up the road. There's going to be loads of great deals and great value. But you know what, for anyone that's thinking of doing it, there's about, I'd say 60, 70 grand unavoidable that you're going to pay regardless. So if you've just lost your bar and you're gone out of the long haul or whatever, and someone says, I'll go up the road there, you can get like Jameson or you can get, you can get the Jameson, whatever, get another bar. You're going to have to put down three months deposit you're going to have to pay lawyer fees. Yeah. A liquor license you're going to have to pay for. You're not going to have any change. Like three months deposit. Three or four months deposit on a 20 grand place. You know, So you better have 200 grand sitting in your back pocket if you just want to. Everyone says, you just walk into one and take it over. Well, good luck to you. You were saying there, Johnny, that uh, you might get um, that they might forgive the PP loan, uh, but mm. for the property taxes and all that, the city taxes, you ain't going to see them again. The state's running a $14 billion deficit. And de Blasio, yeah. you know, he's running a deficit as well. So you're never going to see them again. And I don't think no. Trump is going to bail out the state because de Blasio is actually running his seven billion, six, seven billion dollar deficit before COVID. I know he shot it down and he was going, Oh, we're going to lay off everyone unless we get a bailout. And so 
the government are saying, well, you were running a deficit anyway, so we're not just going to give you a, a bailout like that. So I think those, you're going to be caught for those property taxes and all those city charges, yes. state charges. But you might get you might get some relief on the on the the federal stuff like the PP loan. I too think on the PPP loan, and now this will probably come back to bite me. And I even know I'm saying that on the podcast. I think the PPP loans are going to be all forgiven in some shape or form. And I think there's a second one coming in the next. Mm. My prediction on the second one is it'll be in October. Now this is my pessimistic prediction. So if anyone who's listened to this that's in the bar business probably won't be too happy with it. I don't think indoor dining is going to open this year. I think they're going to keep it outdoor for as long, up to definitely into October. And then they're going to come up with some wacky rule to make it so difficult for us to open again that it's not even going to be worth it. And how they're going to soften the blow is they're going to give us a second PPP loan. And that will come in in around October. In their defense, listen, what are they supposed to do here? There's numbers spiking in New Jersey. There's numbers spiking here and there. Whether we believe it or not, but let's just say it is what it is. New York gets busy in the second week in September, and it runs like that through to Super Bowl which is the second week in February. So that's your busy time for the bar business. Then you get your St. Patrick's Day. Blah, blah. There's no mention of his opening. It's not even an argument every day. At least every day in Ireland, you heard them arguing about it and fighting about it. Yeah. I haven't heard it on the news once. Indoor dining uh, phase 10. Even if there's no, there's no sign no, of indoor no dining. There's no guidance at all, yeah. There's, yeah. No, there's no talk of it even. There's no one, like we're not even on the streets as bar owners. I'm not saying that's the answer, but you know what I'm saying? There's nothing. We're not allowed on the street. That'd be, that'd be too many of us together. <laughs> but like, do you, for people that don't, the infection rate is actually running at 1% here in the state. Yeah. So, like, it's so low at, at the moment. And that's why. That's, they're going to use that. Sorry, Michael. That's what they're going to use to tell us not to open. You know politics better than I do. This is a competition. And Como thinks he's great. Can he do any more sunbeds? You know what I mean? He just thinks this is all brilliant. <laughs> So then he's looking great. Look at our numbers. Look at our numbers. Yeah, but look at us losing our livelihoods, mm. losing our business. We're losing everything. This Manhattan. I used to joke and say, I wish Manhattan was a little like the 80s when you'd see them TV shows of the 80s. It's worse than the fucking 80s. It's worse than the 80s. Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, like a lot of the debts were from the nursing homes and there was a bit of controversy. Well, there was a lot of con- controversy about that at the moment that Cuomo sent actually positive COVID people back into the nursing homes. I know they're saying that it could be 11,000 people in the state died in nursing homes. So like... You know the state got a tax break whenever someone dies of COVID, right? The state gets a kickback. So if they, so if they find somebody, if somebody dies in COVID, they get a, you know, yeah, a yeah. rebate or whatever you want to, I don't want to use the wrong word, but I know personally, like of people that work in a certain industry who were found, you know, and they found people that were dead and they were told, yeah, just put it down as COVID. They were, yeah. That wasn't COVID. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, there's loads. And what you're finding is like 90% of them have underlying health conditions. And I saw some doctors say, these people would have died from four other illnesses and they just had COVID. There was, there was a mo- motorcycle crashes in Florida. Guys were, were, were dying in crashes mm-hmm. and they were putting them down as COVID. So like, as you're saying there, there's a lot of politics to play. So the schools are going back next month. And if the infection rate, Como said, goes above 5%, then he's going to close the, close the schools. But de Blasio had to go one step further. And he said if it goes to 3%, he's going to shut the schools. So but look at New Jersey. Parts of New Jersey are not going back to school. Like the majority of the people that work in Manhattan, I'm not, sorry, not the majority, but the vast majority of them are from New Jersey. So what are them families supposed to do? Yeah. Like my friend in his town, like they're, they're not going back to school. 
his kids aren't going back to school. So him and his wife are staying at home. Like they're bunched. You know, so I, I personally we could do a four hour podcast of this and everyone's probably heard too much of it already anyway. Nothing's gonna change and nothing's gonna there's gonna be fights and there's bars and there's loads of industries going up is and the other thing about it is forget it, not even the bars. Our butcher is done. Our veg man is more or less he's on his he's on his last legs. The the ripple effect all the way down, we all know about that. Until there's a vaccine, and even if it works or it doesn't work, until they say there is one, yeah, the bar business is not going to open up. They're not. They're going to blame the bars. We were the first to close, and we were the last to open. It's That's not going to happen. You're going to get a vaccine that's been rushed through, but like people are, a lot of people aren't going to take it. But it's going to do wonders for the stock market because once 100%. they say it's going to go, and it's going to that, that bit of confidence is going to be good for and you. And that's fine too, because then to your theory, like as you're saying, letting the healthy get out. Once there's one out there, whether it exists or not everything will lighten back up. You could have a bar full of people and not one person in there got the vaccine, but to be all going, I know it's grand, there's a vaccine. There's a vaccine. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, this but is our AIDS. You can cut this in or out if you want, but this is our AIDS. <laughs> this is the AIDS of the, of the 2020s. I'm made, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, no, I wouldn't go that far, but at the same time, nothing surprised me nowadays. The, um, so how's the golf game been going, Johnny? And uh, you've been watching a lot of sports. I see that uh, <laughs> I haven't had the time to do, but you're keeping an eye on the golf. How's a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Mr. Lowry, been, been doing lately? Yeah, Shane did great. He did... Uh, when's he coming on? <laughs> it's an amazing... Uh, yeah. I'm not cutting it's that. An, I'm not cutting that. Yeah. you got to get him on. <laughs> i get him in the background. Um, yeah, last week, for people who don't watch it that closely, which a lot of people do, you gotta you gotta be amazed by these guys. Like so the way that the numbers game works in the in the FedEx, like so Shane was sitting on like one thirty five or something going into last week or something, and he needed to get to one twenty five. So he's on the eighteenth hole, basically the short term. He's on the eighteenth hole, he's about hundred and forty yards out. If he doesn't get up and down as he went up and down, if he doesn't get it in two from there, if he doesn't make a par on the last hole, he's out for this week. And he makes it and he gets up and down. Like, yeah, you can go on about winning the Open and winning these things. They're amazing achievements. Don't get me wrong. But it's them little things. Like, I don't know what that's worth to him in value and price. But just on a side note, I've been just hitting on the golf and with the likes of Shane and Connor and stuff like that. I've got a really good insight this year and even over last year of the lifestyle of these lads. Like, and, you know, everyone thinks it's great and it's this and all. Even without COVID, it's a difficult enough life at times. You know, people see it through Instagram, private jets and this and type of thing. Like, you think about it, Shane is in Florida since February, right? And him and his wife and kids are there. They're in lockdown in a city that they're not from, but they don't know anyone else. They're in a house in Florida. His wife then eventually, she, she went home, what, four or five weeks ago, whatever. No, less, what am I saying? Two or three weeks ago. Like, these lads are gone. Then, and they're in towns, or they're in their own town, like at one stage. So, and a group of lads say, listen, do you want to go for something to eat? But he can't even do that, like. Because if he goes out and catches that virus and he brings that back to the tour and he gets tested then on a Monday, can you imagine the anxiety if you got it? Then they're looking at you going, well, you left here last Sunday or you left, where, what have you done in that period? You know, were you out? And as sports people, and even for the likes of Conor Moore, like Conor, Conor Moore has been in Orlando since around that time as well, on his own, living in an apartment, doing a show from his apartment. Yeah, he's out playing golf now in the last few weeks or months or whatever, or in the last four or five weeks. But for these lads, it's like it's no day at the beach. But they're in um, they're in Boston this week actually in the FedEx tournament. So Shane is playing up there at the moment, and Justin Connors in New York. If anyone's looking for him, he's in there in New York, bouncing around. 
Because Connor New York is eh? I'll go into I'll go into the pod in I'll go into the long yeah. Island set up there. We'll do I'll do a pod with him and we'll yeah. we'll we'll, zo- we'll zoom on to you. But even for the likes of them lads, like you're saying about sport and the GA and stuff like that, now it's so tough for them lads there now as well. These lads live for that buzz of going home and going to all Ireland and yeah. stuff like that. We live here. You and I live here. It's difficult. And people from Ireland were saying to me, "New, what about lockdown? How's lockdown over there? We weren't locked down. We weren't locked down in comparison to home. People at home weren't allowed to go outside the village. Like. They weren't going two you kilometres know. down the road. But then, they weren't, well, to- they weren't allowed to go two kilometres down the road, but they only brought in the mask thing, the, the mask wearing mandate a couple of weeks ago. And you're like, something, something odd there. Something odd about the whole mask thing. It's very odd with Ireland. I think their story behind it was that they were like, you know, trying to keep it for all the hospitals and stuff like that. Man, that ship was sailed a long time ago. Yeah. You, you, you brought it in, and now you're trying to bring it in. And the Irish people were so good at doing everything. Strike while you're in top. If they'd have told the Irish people in March start wearing masks, they would have been all wearing them. Now yeah. they're just getting a little frustrated, yeah. and you're they're getting on the buses. They're throwing people off trains and buses because they're not wearing masks. Yeah. We're very, yeah. we're very compliant. Like I look at whatever comes up on Facebook or the social media, you know, from the news, the news here compared to the news home. And here you get a 50, well, I wouldn't say 50, 50, but you get a good mix of people who oppose the shutdowns and they're saying open it up. But I look at the ones in Ireland then with, you know, some, some news will break and everyone is kind of like, we have to do this. Yeah. We have to do that. And it's like, you know, we have to go into lockdown. It's, there's just a, there's more of a, you know, people are more rebellious over here in America. Like, oh, I don't know that we're following the guys over in New Jersey, Johnny, the, the guys who own the gym over. So yeah. there's, there's these two guys who own the gym and uh, the governor shut down the gyms, but they opened up and they did all their um, you know, social distancing inside and the masks. And the governor, then, they got, then they got arrested. They shut up, they boarded up the, the gym. Cops had the state had to do it or whatever. Boys came back, broke down the doors. And they're back in there again, and I don't think the cops are touching them. But they've been on doing the news rounds there on Fox and CNN and, and all that. Like you know, it's gonna like I don't think you'd ever see that at home in Ireland. Like, but you you've you've seen it. So, but but they're pushing people at home now to a breaking point. I think. Yeah. Especially after yesterday, there's no clarity of certain things there, and I think it's very unfair. Like, how do you lock down three counties? You know what I mean? And not to just be a WhatsApp video on Joe, but you've three counties locked down. And then you have a bartender climbing across the top of a bar in Dublin pouring Jameson into people's mouths, which also I think is exaggerated a little bit too. And that's back to the curtain twitters. Yeah. You're coming upstairs and someone walks along and hugs you and smacks you and says hello to you and blah, blah. And someone else walking by and hits off you. Capture that in a video. They don't know your relationship. And then I think, like, the bar was packed. Did you really need to be at that kind of crack as well? Like, you know... But then people in Kildare are sitting there and they can't do they can't do anything. And Ireland's so strange, like North Kildare and South Kildare, they they're worlds apart. Like yeah. they really are worlds apart. You can't be like up as far as Kill and Johnstown, these sleepy little villages, and you're telling them that they can't go in and out. It's a suburb of Dublin. People in Kildare won't like to hear that, but it is like you know what I mean. They're, everyone that lives in these little towns in Kildare all work in Dublin. So if the guy goes to Dublin and he's coming back from work. And he decides to go to a gal match and stand outside and blah blah blah. What's the difference? Like? <laughs> I don't yeah. get it. Now, Johnny, as you know, I have uh, many talents, but one of them isn't economics. But <laughs> but uh, there's just one thing that I uh, that I've been like the, from following politics down through the years. And I remember the last recession, like that there was a lot of bailouts and stuff. And after pumping so many trillion dollars into the economy here, that just 
surely I haven't heard anything talk about anyone talk about inflation or hyperinflation because if you're printing money on that scale, like surely prices are going to go up even when things do get back to normal. I think just forget about even answering that in that way. 90% of the people that I know that are in the bar business, they just want to get back to work. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? In that sense. But you're right. We're going to pay for this. Yeah. Like these PPP loans, the welfare, like it ain't going to just. Yeah. Employment benefits. And look at the market at the moment. The market's doing great at certain times. It's like, but there's so many faults there. It's just like, something's got to give here. Like, you know, where is it going to end? But like, listen, just come to Newport. Everyone should just do what I did and just say, hey, listen, give me a shout. When anything happens, let me know and I'll be down. You know what I mean? I've so never just, played so much golf and I went sailing yesterday. What the fuck was I doing sailing? <laughs> you have the hair for it anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm all <laughs> over it, man. <laughs> so are you, just to finish up, Johnny, are you waiting to see, you're just waiting on the, the nod from Cuomo mm. on indoor dining to and will you be just you get back other other than that you're just sitting pretty is it? Well, if he get fifty percent at the moment and I enough. would get I would gauge it off the GA as well. If the GA goes ahead, the demand to watch GA actually would be greater now. But if I don't, if I fifty percent, that's a that's an absolute headache. In an ideal world, they give us fifty percent for October, give us two or three weeks notice for everybody don't reverse it like they did at home and say we're going to be open on 1st of October mm. every bar I'd love to have 50% as much as it's going to be a nightmare I would, I'd love to have it I'd take anything just yeah. to get people back in and I think if you there's so many bars in New York if you open the whole place if you open the whole place at 50% everywhere there's enough to spread it out like again to finish on it it doesn't make any sense you're talking about bars in rural Ireland being dead New York right now is practically like rural Ireland open every bar there is no offices there is no tourists there is no one else so then how are any of us going to be packed so that's fine let us do it let us give us let us be adults and let us have a chance give us a shot like liquor stores are going mad and apartments are going mad drinking give us a shot like what's the the guinness going to be like in the long haul after not being not getting a flow for the last couple of months (laughs) how are you going to start that that's the biggest problem of all you think if I just pulled it out now into a bag of fucking tight, oh, lads wouldn't drink it out of a bag of fucking Mighty Munch. <laughs> I'd say if I put Mighty Munch in the end of the pint glass and pulled it down, lads would still say it's the best Guinness in New York. Lads are drinking out cans in their house now and they're like, oh, do you know what? These aren't bad. Look at these. Look at these. Look at the condensation on these. These are cans for a couple of VIPs that are coming this weekend. But uh, I won't be telling you who it is and who it isn't. Guinness and Magnus. Can't be that hard. <laughs> that's all for this week let us know what you think by leaving us a comment on instagram facebook twitter or on our youtube channel don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast and be sure to check out some of our other episodes including our new york gaa championship preview with frank brady our interview with cork football legend larry Tompkins, and our us visas episode with top attorney larkin shannon and lots lots more all of our podcasts are up on thelonghallpodcast.com forward slash watch and on all major podcast streaming platforms.